0: we're live we are live is this a live cast or are we just sending this out to the world
1: oh man that would be nerve wracking wouldn't it <laughs> three dogs north is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible the following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal So have y'all just so been good. sitting on
2: here waiting for me to join?
1: Just a couple yeah, minutes. Super frustrating.
2: Mike. Sorry, guys. <laughs> really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. What did I miss?
1: How how are you guys doing? Nothing. Just trash talking to you.
0: Yeah. <sighs> and a
1: couple That's amazing we episode titles that the world
0: will never have now. Mm-hmm.
2: How are you? Um I'm doing well. Uh, my pastor is out of town this week, so I am running the joint. That's not true. There's Whoa. like tons of other people that actually run this place. Um, but it is kind of nerve-wracking. Like I sleep with my phone on like loud and not on vibrate or silent, but all the way up, uh, in case you get emergency calls and things like that. And see, although it's not immediately present you kind of do feel that uh, that you're always the guy. You can always have to be ready. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, it's been a good week. Um, mm-hmm. I had army stuff this past weekend, which is actually really good. It was the first time that I have like super enjoyed it. Went down for my army training and I'm, I'm trying to find a way to minister to people who are not Catholic um but are still my soldiers especially around the context of like actual services around church services um you know being in the bible belt there's not there's not tons of catholics down in Macon Georgia so um
1: got to get creative Now when you're on as a chaplain for a unit are you the only chaplain therefore although you're a priest Yeah you're on for everybody
2: Yeah yep yeah that's right mm-hmm. So yeah. I, this is the first Sunday that I've done it. The first Sunday I've been alone. So I just took over for a, a guy um, who went active duty in Fort Riley in Kansas. And um, what I did is I invited everyone to come to the, to the church service and I printed out a worship aid that had all the parts of the mass going through it with the readings and everything. And um, when everybody came in, I was still in my uniform. And once we started, I just told him what I was going to do. I was just going to celebrate mass and kind of explained all the vestments that I wear as I put them on, uh, to kind of teach them. Cause I'm going to be with them. I'm, I'm their chaplain. And when people hear Catholic priests, they just kind of freak out and don't really understand what we do. So I figured if I'm going to be doing this every week, like I may as well explain it to people. And so then we just walked through the mass after I got vested and, Told them, well, you know, there's there's two portions: liturgy of the word, liturgy of the Eucharist, and so we can we can actually do this scripture study together, and then um, actually added an Our Father after <laughs> after the homily, and then we sang a hymn, and everyone was dismissed who who wanted to go, um, and then I kept celebrating mass. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, real I, solid, dude. Sounds I think it worked out. I was nice. I was pretty pleased with it. Um, yeah. So that was that did was a big kind of Did you kind of invent that, was, that, or did
1: did somebody kind of I, coach you on that?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's basically the mass, you know. No, and I know, but the, that that
1: method that's that's a good idea. Yeah, sort of think of it as the two, because the one you can share with pretty much anybody, right.
2: I great, had an idea. I mean, I, I don't had, know
1: who told you you could take uh, such
0: liberties with the mass, but yeah. uh <laughs>
1: throwing in an extra our father. You know there's yeah. there's no venial matter in changing the mass. You know. There's yeah. it's only grave matter.
2: It's it's only Right, right, right. <laughs> don't worry, the whole time that we were praying it, I was just begging for forgiveness. I felt like <laughs> I felt like Father Rodrigo Rodriguez from Silence was mm-hmm. like, dude, I'm just be on the fume right now <laughs> this is it gosh this is it. i was just begging for mercy the whole time as we prayed to uh, the father no it was good and mm-hmm. that sounds cool you know i i well at, most of the the protestant communities down there are non-liturgical and so their pastor stands up and he's in a business tie and a suit or like a polo shirt and i kind of imagine like these people come in they see this guy dressed in a you know, in a white robe and a golden, uh, I was even wearing a fiddle bag. So I'm sure it's just like, what is <laughs> what is going on here? Um, so I, I think it will actually be beneficial, not just for this past weekend, but moving forward, um, that people understand the symbols that we use and, and how scripturally based they are as well. And you get to, like I got to talk a little bit about the lectionary because we read from Habakkuk and everyone's like, Like, yeah, folks, I don't get to pick and choose. Like, (laughs) I I have to look at these portions of the word of God and read them, like, as a whole together uh, in an integrated way that, uh, you know, I I couldn't do on my own. And so the church has given me this opportunity to to preach weekly on different things that, quite frankly, I wouldn't choose to preach on, you know. So I think they enjoyed that as well. Yeah
1: cool new experiences that's what it's all about accruing experiences <laughs> you're finding yourself yeah
2: you sassy it man like. you.
1: <laughs> that's awesome dude yeah
0: thanks how that's, about you that's,
2: juice that's all i've been
1: what's your update since we're doing oh, updates now
0: yeah update um so this is the happy right yeah um, oh nice yeah the uh let's see Gosh, well, I uh, got to celebrate the wedding for a college buddy on Saturday, so it was really great, so it made for a lot of driving, kind of a a packed weekend, but that was really good. Um, Maybe, I would say, probably most center on my heart, his funeral is actually today, but uh, just a big shout out uh, to the old heaven reality, maybe this guy can be our silent guest today if that's okay, Um, but good, good, good parishioner, um, just good man. Here at St. Boniface, Tom, uh, he was in charge of like all of the, uh, communion visits to the homebound and sick. And, uh, he, he passed away really suddenly last week. Mm. Um, and he's just one of those guys, like you just don't, you know, um, he was such like a pillar of the parish here. And, um, yeah, he was awesome. He was awesome. So I, I kind of miss him like already, um, but I just got to reflect on. I mean, he he literally passed away like while he was giving communion to a homebound person, oh, so like well, yeah. he had yeah. Jesus on his person, and was like in the middle of a visit. And um, I think he it sounded like he probably had a had a heart attack, um, but he had like been at Saint Boniface that morning and was just all of a sudden gone. So a definite definite uh, uh, shocker, but he. I don't know. I'm just like really, really convinced he's in he's in heaven praying for us now. (laughs) So it's kind of like one of those bittersweet things because you miss him. And like in a funny way, um, you know, he could he's like, well, he told me like the first time I ever met him. He was like, listen, I'll just keep talking to you. So you have to walk away from me. Uh, (laughs) And he's like, I'll tell you like, hey, one more thing, one more thing. And I'll walk after you but you're able to walk faster than me because you're younger. So just keep walking. <laughs> and so I had to, I was like, it took me a few times to like build up the courage to do it. Cause I didn't want to feel like a jerk. But I remember the first time, like he was just mid sentence. And I was like, okay, he's going to keep talking. I oh. have to just walk away. <laughs> and like here he like, he was like trying to keep up with me. And he was like, Hey, just one more thing, one more thing. And I just like put my head down and kept walking and uh
1: that's like the classic movie show up, sure. like
0: no matter what i say
1: don't don't untie don't. me he's like you
0: don't understand i will keep talking yeah. yeah and uh help me yep and so he would always tell me just to say bye tom and walk away and uh <laughs> How and old the first time guy? i did i thought i thought for sure he was going to like be mad or kind of put off the next time but it was like nothing ever happened, man. He was just talking away <laughs> the next time. <laughs> so That's I actually awesome. miss him a lot already.
2: Yeah. H- um, how how old is he?
0: He was 75 when he died. 75. 75. So not that wow. old.
2: Yeah. Not that old. Well, I don't um, know if he can be our silent guest. If
1: he could, yeah. is he Dude, that would be... This?
0: Man. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Also, I thought Chad and JT were our silent guests this week.
0: Oh, okay. That's that's fair, Chad and oh, JT. Oh my goodness, dude! Chad and JT. This time we'll just ask for Tom's intercession. How about so?
2: <laughs> that's <Yeah>. awesome, <clears throat>
1: man. He sounds like the perfect guy. To the heaven, heavenly reality.
0: Yeah, is that what I you think said? So. Shout um, out to the I heavenly think that's what reality. I said.
1: That's mm-hmm. a great line.
0: Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, and then I did the double chest bump peace symbol up to Tom. Nice, so. Sammy Sosa after a mm-hmm. home run. Mm-hmm. Exactly, just, exactly. My fingers. Yeah. So just, shout out to the heavenly reality.
2: I just poured out some coffee on in my office. Poured one out <laughs> to the heavenly family. reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, this one's, one's for homies. you. Dang man. <laughs> well, he sounds like the perfect guy too. That's <laughs> it's it's puddling, it's accumulating in my office. Um, he sounds like the perfect guy to do the visit to the sick. Oh um, my gosh! No, yeah,
0: homebound. for real, like saintly, saintly guy, um, in all of his quirks and his funniness and and everything, like just did a a really, really good job, um, just a really good job. So he'll be he'll be very
2: missed for sure. Uh, sorry about that, man. Oh,
0: thanks. I mean, it, it's yeah. kind of like one of those. I mean, and you know, like, um, yeah, it's just one of those things of. Like, I'm not, obviously, at, it's just different because he's not, like, I only knew him for a year and a half, et cetera. Loved him, like for sure. But, uh, but it is interesting processing it because it's, like, even in the midst of, like, sorrow and kind of seeing his family and stuff like that, it's, like, gosh darn, man. Like, he died, and I just can't think of a way more beautiful for him to go as much as it would be great to have him um, here. It was, like, wow, that is just it's just amazing to to think about at the same time.
1: It's crazy, dude. I was thinking about something kind of similar. I was driving with the Eucharist in my pocket the other hmm. night. And, uh, I was thinking, man, if I crashed and died right now, it'd be pretty good. Like rosary hmm. in my hand. Yeah. Eucharistic, my Eucharistic, my pocket, even just from a, like the way they find me, uh, in my car, <laughs> mangled, but with Jesus and that rosary clutching, like man, he was a holy priest. <laughs> the weirdest thoughts oh, when gosh. you're driving.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And well, it was. Just... It made
1: some sense because I, uh, my update is that I went and saw Doris on Sunday, and looks like mm. she's in her last mm. days and hours. Uh, it was yeah. very sad. Uh, but, and the bittersweet of it, I guess, is that she did. She's not really talking very much now or wasn't on Sunday night. Um, Pretty heavily sedated, but uh, her family all just basically said like in the last day or two, all the fear and anxiety kind of left her. Um, And the hospice nurse told her that she was dying. And there's a photo of her dad who passed away seven years ago, right next to her bed. And, And the nurse said, he's waiting for you. And she was just like, okay? And um, she's been able to sleep and rest and be at peace. Mm. So that was sad, and especially for the mom. Um, It was kind of like what we were talking about last time, the padre say something sort of thing, like, here this widow is now losing her 24-year-old daughter. She's got challenges at home. Uh, Two other kids, one of whom has special needs and she's like father what do i do and i just said like i have nothing to say the only thing i thought to say was you can't do this alone um so don't try Hmm. but just basically like listen to her talk and try to be there a little bit um Hmm. i brought communion just in case she could receive so it's kind of interesting i got it was a long day it was full of appointments and um I hadn't really prayed since morning i did mass and the breviary uh during the day but at the end of the day driving late with jesus in my pocket it was like a half hour there a half hour back and i had to bring him back to the tabernacle because she couldn't receive so i got a little holy hour in the car mm. which was good um but yeah it's my update
2: mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: That's tough business, man.
1: Yeah. It is tough. It's just a, y- a year and a half is a really long time to be yeah. sick with cancer.
0: And to be twenty four
1: years old. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It reminds me of um I mean feel free if you want to hash that out more or say anything else, but um I actually never confirmed it with um With him, so I won't like drop the the name, but I heard this story of a priest that we all know that was at Mundelein when we were there. That, um, like supposedly was went to visit a prisoner when he was doing parish work, and the guy had like a really, really bad wound in the hospital and was and was kind of out of it at that point. And the way I heard it was kind of, yeah, maybe entering the last stages as well. And, um, he actually had he. He had a pix. Hang on, just a second. Sorry, got a call. Um, you guys still got me? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um,
0: but uh, anyway, he had a pix with Jesus in his I mean, in his pocket, and he t- he actually took it out and like the way I heard the story was like knew the family pretty well and knew the family probably needed to get like a cup of coffee or just kind of like get out of the room for an hour or something like that. And so he offered, he was like, hey, can I just sit with, yeah, I don't know the guy's name, can I just sit with Joe here for a while? But he actually, like, took the picks with Jesus, and he, like, placed it over the bandaged womb, and he just knelt by the guy's bed and, like, did a holy hour with the guy and Jesus um, right there in that moment. Um, So I don't know what, Mm -hmm. maybe I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but, like, whether it's the Tom story of, like, you know, taking Jesus to the homebound, or... Like, yeah, just that thought of like Jesus being with you in a holy hour in the car to, to go see see Doris in that circumstance. But um, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a, yeah, just like the humility of Jesus in the Eucharist or, or what. Um, but I just thought of that story.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I may have told you that story, Rob, because I never talked to the priest either. And I heard it from another like a priest outside of mundelein who when this father was assigned to mundelein he was like dude this guy is is check out this story and he told me the story and he Mm. says that the family because the guy got better the guy was healed i did not know that part yeah, yeah and ended up so far as i understand is still alive and the guy like attributes that to this priest coming in and praying. It's wow. holy hours with Jesus right on him. Yeah. So, I, I've i never asked him about it either, but I heard it from a trusted um, first-hand um, witness, I guess, or messenger from the person it happened to. So, yeah, it's incredible, man.
1: hmm yeah. Was the guy awake?
2: No. No. No, he was not awake. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, but, he was dying,
1: basically. Um.
2: I don't know. Sedated. I don't know the details of his sickness, but the the family would see this priest coming in frequently, um, uh, to to yeah, exactly like what you said, Rob. He'd do his holy hour and, and place Jesus just right on top of the guy, um,
1: which is so
2: hmm. insane, dude. That's that so crazy. crazy. <laughs> um,
1: you know, I, yeah, I um, don't even know what that. Oh, well, go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: Sure. Last, I mean, like. I don't even know what we're knocking at the door of, um, there, but something's kind of hitting. I mean, I've just, it was very interesting of being out at the, um, at the house with, um, like right after, right after Tom died. And there's a couple other people I knew there and, um, everything, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was just like so beautiful. I mean, even in that of like, like just the reverence for the Eucharist still being present, like amidst this, like, kind of just shocking thing and yeah I'll kind of never for forget that um because one of the like one of the um you know the the firefighters that was was there was a parishioner and um really really good guy and and uh he kind of like reminded me he was like oh man like he pro- he probably had like you know Jesus Jesus on him when he he came here and so we got to find it and like just in the midst of this like shock and suffering and like just the, yeah, the reverence of like, okay, but we got to get um, like Father of the Eucharist here so he can um, like take it back to church and, and everything. So I purified, um, you know, the pics when I got back and, and everything like that and got Jesus back in the tabernacle. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that, that I really hadn't thought of it it's, it's like funny to even say, but I hadn't like thought about that too much. I mean, it was only a few days ago, you know, until we're just talking about these, these stories here.
2: yeah hey have i was gonna ever go ahead. Had... oh no, 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 no here you go because i'm gonna is there
1: some kind of delay i wonder am i i feel Are like you... i keep we keep talking over each other
2: no i think I it's just it one works of those out out and, days dude it's just it is time, man.
1: man yeah go ahead mike
0: and i don't have any guadalupe roastery coffee
1: <laughs> yeah don't even <gasps> give him a plug dude, yeah
0: okay just okay bleep out that i don't have blank
2: coffee um, no, 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 go on, Connor. Because I'm gonna. I was ask gonna change directions. Related... Oh, were you? Yeah.
0: Pivot. Pivoting.
2: Okay. Well, I was gonna ask if y'all have ever had a situation with the Eucharist, like in hospitals or homes or things like that, where it's like, I never would have thought that this would happen with Jesus here. Like, there's something about. Oh yeah. It may be inappropriate, <laughs> or like somebody says something, or. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Just like a bizarre occurrence. Um, and it makes it even more bizarre because Jesus is right there, like in your pocket. <laughs> like, my favorite uh, one
1: was, uh, a nursing home in Omaha. We had to go see this guy every week and, uh, he was always watching Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't know if he had, I think it was on TV cause there were commercials. He didn't have DVDs or anything, but, um, It was the middle of an episode, and we were like, hey, we brought you communion. Uh, Would you like to receive? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can you wait till commercial? And so we (laughs) sat there watching some Walker Texas Ranger until it was commercial time to give him communion. That's amazing. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, That's pretty good, dude. (laughs) That's pretty good.
0: What about you, Mm. Rob?
2: Have you ever had any of those?
0: Uh, nothing's coming to mind. I have to think on it. It's a great question, because probably yes, but nothing comes to mind. And I'm just yeah. relishing that it, I bet, yeah. Jesus, you know he's a fan of Walker, Texas Ranger. Right There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Oh, man. you
1: telling me he doesn't enjoy that? Like, come on. Yeah. Can you wait till commercial? It was, just so, <laughs> it was so funny. It wasn't like our time was so valuable. It just seemed so... <laughs> Such a stark contrast. Like, hey, do you want to receive the Lord of Life? You know, <laughs> the bread of eternal life right now? Uh, yeah. Can you just hold on a sec? Uh, <laughs> walker's punching and what's his partner's name? Uh, Tra- uh, Not Travis. I don't know. But <laughs> the guy I was with was like, Walker always punches and let's say Travis always kicks. And sure enough, like, no, no, no. Chuck Norris always kicks because he's karate. And then his yeah, partner... Yeah, he's got the roundhouse kick to the face, dude. Yeah, and it's so true. Every every fight scene, Nor- Chuck Norris is just kicking like crazy, and his partner is punching <laughs> everybody.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: What about you, what Mike? You Did you bring say, it Connor? up because you have a sick story? Oh, I was going to... It's somewhat related. um I finished True Detective the other night. You guys have seen that, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm hmm yeah mm-hmm yes <laughs> are you loath to bring it up mike or you just have something in your mouth
2: oh no no no. i'm just i'm kind of like smiling agreeing because rob oh. he's just he loves I love that, that show. show i love that show yeah we're like that show dude really I, yeah it's been from the conversations that we've had about it because of your love for that show rob that's certainly been actually a big part of my priesthood i'd say that understanding well so yeah we're a big fan
1: dude go on
2: big fans continue
1: um yeah i don't want to spoil it because i mean i took a long time to watch it i didn't have an hbo account access to watch it until very recently and uh yeah it just kind of came up i remember you mentioning it rob although i don't think we've had did you guys talk offline about it or something like that? No, In no, no. Rob talked
2: about it after he finished it. Okay. that's was a couple of years ago. I don't probably, know if maybe. it's been on the cast or not. Yeah. Uh, it was no, 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 dude. I, I totally... No, no, no. I remember it. Because okay. we, we okay. talked about that final scene looking at the sky.
1: Yeah. Oh, so God. that final scene just really... That's why I don't want to spoil it because it's kind of like the ending is so unexpected. I didn't see it coming at all. Yeah. Um and I guess we'd, I'd forgotten we talked about it, but um, that whole idea of it was all dark. It used to be all darkness, and by my, however he states it, like, by my judgment, the light is winning. Because the show is so dark, um, and that's kind of what draws mm-hmm. you in, but I i seriously had to take breaks from it. Um, oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was only eight, eight episodes, but, and there's a lot of, kind of naughty content in there and you're so like is this worth it um true sure but yeah the the two characters are so they're not really real especially Matthew McConaughey it's like so he's so out there but Mm -hmm. um at the same time there is a realness to it uh and I compared it I just finished two nights ago this book parchment of leaves by silas house i mentioned a couple times ago Mm -hmm. which i would i'd recommend it's the it's a short little book and i'm probably going to read another one or two of his books because they all have similar themes i've heard um but it's the same kind of thing where you're just like is there a way for this to end well (laughs) and uh it doesn't tie up in a neat bow neither story you know like at the end of true detective you're not like oh good it's like the end of a criminal minds episode. Like, everything's fine. Until next week, you know? And yeah. did you watch the other seasons of it? Oh I, uh, I did. They're not nearly they're not nearly as good. Yeah. I haven't. But it was just it was just an interesting idea talking about um the Eucharist in these sort of mundane or tragic or sad situations that um Yeah, I guess my holy half hour on the way back from seeing Doris, I I was expecting it, that every time I've seen her in the last few weeks, I go feeling good because I've got things going on and I'm living my life. And um, then you go and you're with somebody who's dying and it it doesn't make any sense. You know, you're 24 years old. You should be enjoying life. You should not be thinking about death. Uh, And yet here we are. um, And it reminds you of your own death. Um, I was listening to the song Softly and Tenderly. Is that the song? This old Protestant hymn. Softly and t- softly and tenderly Jesus is calling. You ever heard that one? that one? <clears throat> I don't think so. One of the verses is um, Deathbeds are coming Coming for you and for me. <laughs> it's like very Whoa. repent now because you're going to die sort of Protestant hymn. Um and there's another one, Careless Soul. <clears throat> uh that's about the same thing. Uh but I don't know, there's something salutary to me about that that I feel afterwards like you shout out to the heavenly reality, like it's real and it better mm-hmm. be real, you know? Um because those sort of things they focus your desire or um, I remember something, uh, Max said after those guys died in the car crash at Mundelein years and years ago, he was friends mm-hmm. with, was friends with one of them. And he said it was the first time that he felt sort of like one of the ties cut to this world where hmm. now I just love this world a little less. Um, and I long for the next world a little more, hmm. um, But the idea, I felt like the true detective idea was like it's the light is playing the long game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what does he say at the end? Because he's all he had that experience of love, basically, like when he came to the end and he didn't think there was anything behind this universe. And uh, I keep wanting to say Bruce Willis because he's bald, but it's Woody Harrelson. Um, What does he say? Like, oh, tell me some of those stories. Stories you used to say up in Alaska about the stars, and he says something like, there's only one story, light versus dark, which then I'm thinking, oh, geez, is this like a Manichaean, two powers, because, you know, that you get the whole murder story and the evil and Mm -hmm. that it's good versus evil in this epic Avengers battle. But, yeah, I felt like the way that he phrased it at the end was very much... Christian, that it was all darkness. In other words, ex nihilo, like there was nothing and now there's something. And that light and life is slowly overtaking the darkness in the world.
0: Yeah. Well, like I always thought of that scene because I did read on that like a fair amount um, when I got into that show. But I feel like that whole season one is um, and I don't I don't I'll, I'll butcher like what he actually said about it. But it's a play off of um, when uh, when Friedrich Nietzsche said that time is a flat circle, and so it's like it's what he yeah, calls eternal I don't know recurrence what that means. theory. Yeah, it's right. like um, it's it's hard to grasp your mind around, but in a sense, like how I understand it is that Nietzsche Nietzsche actually didn't mean it like maybe exactly literally, but he he almost used it as like a um like a rule of life of like if if time is a flat circle which means like eternity is just this like like recurrences that come like over and over again and like there's a couple scenes that they reference in, in that show yeah like in the in the big like um i can't the character's name like reggie Ledoux maybe like the scene that yeah like those girls are in that case kind of that- yeah exactly and he he references it, and McConaughey says like you know are you talking about Nietzsche right now or something um like that but then he he says in a later episode that like his life is just this like recurring series of f ups like that's his line mm-hmm. and i and so it's like so Nietzsche's whole thing is like if you if that's true, then you could actually make choices that like would allow you to be free in it, or that like Time could just be these recurring, like, uh, w- whatever, in a sense, like, series of F ups. And, um, and like, it just gets darker and darker and darker as you go, unless, like, you choose against that. So that's a horrible explanation, um, of it. But what I found that in that scene so interesting is, like, I don't know, it, it was kind of like the, um, it just in a sense of like that doesn't quite hold to reality either when love is present um so it's kind of like who was the bisque you might remember this, but was it like um what was it like Hegel was the one that was like uh so far in a sense removed from reality that that was like in a sense a lot of moves of other philosophers back like more in tune to reality because just simply like it wasn't in tune with human experience. Was that like Heidegger and, and probably Edith Stein as well? Does that make any sense? I can stop talking mm-hmm. with stuff. I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> no, dude, yeah. this is totally
0: on brand. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's interesting. Ultimately, like he talks about like his life just keeps getting worse and keeps getting darker. And when he he kind of like finally gets to the depths that he thought would end it he has this experience of love which blows the whole thing up like in his mm-hmm. in his psyche and in his experience um yeah you wonder yeah, what's driving the very dude interesting right sure you know, absolutely
1: um something is driving him and you know you learn about his daughter and his wife and his dad and stuff and his upbringing in alaska and um right and then at the end to find that what I like about it is that it's not a cheap grace story where like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you just chose to do good. And, and that, you know, what didn't have an obvious impact, but, you know, the seeds of good are just going to eventually win and the arc of history, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. It was more like this dude is kind of deplorable in many mm-hmm. ways. Um yeah. You still root for him. He's not so bad that you that you despise him because he's still driven by some love to do good and to help people. But he's such a broken human being. You're kind of like, how do you, how is this guy gonna lift himself up by his bootstraps and figure this out? And it's it's in dying, you know, that he's saved. Um, it still costs him a lot, but it's not because he's, he's good. Like he really dug deep and just earned it, you know? Mm. Um, and what I like about it is that it's like, it's behind and beneath everything Mm. is this love and it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of indistinguished, but it's also very particular, you know, like it was his daughter and his dad and, and stuff like he just knew it was them. Um, but at the same time, it was just like I think he said. But it, it's just all love behind behind it all, you know. And yeah. it was like not a sentimental story by any means. Where it's like, yeah, man, it's just all love. It's like you've been through hell with this guy in the show. Yeah, um, and then but these an two guys who it... had. Every... Go ahead. Yeah, I'm no, convinced it's just there's an a interesting... delay.
0: It's an interesting, um, yeah, it's an interesting image of, like, I don't know, this was, this was all total, like, effective movements, you know, for me and my own heart as well, but, like, desiring to be able to be with pla- people in dark places, like, in a sense, to not be afraid of the dark in people's lives, of, mm-hmm. like, you can actually go into that, like, with them and kind of be with them in it, and, like... Again, it's not cheap grace like to to come out on the other side of that when you're actually in it, like when you're sitting with someone in Doris's shoes or her mom um but I don't know I mean like that's at least how I learned how to to pray like in the Ignatian style to engage the imagination and like things like that can be helpful of like it takes a toll um on you in in a certain way um I mean, that's kind of, again, it's just images from that show of like, yeah, just the, I mean, the casting and the makeup and everything was it was kind of incredible of like, almost like the deterioration of his body, you know, in a lot of ways, yeah. um, of like what he went through. So I'm not saying that, I'm not saying like you, um, let it eat you in that way. Um, but there is this sense of like, you don't have to be afraid of, of dark places. Like you can go into them and, and like find something on on the other side there. Um which dang dude I that's a lot of my prayer a lot of times like when people bring heavy stuff it's like gosh darn like I will just I just am not equipped to give you an answer because there isn't like an easy answer here. Um and it can sound so cliche but it's like but I can I can stay with you, you know, and sometimes that takes a lot of willpower. Um, but that's at least yeah my thoughts on it.
1: Yeah my my experience after coming home on Monday night Sunday night whenever I went and saw Doris last, um, doing my silent prayer there in the car. Um, I get off the off ramp to my exit back to get into the city, and there's a lot of homeless people that live around that area, and this dude is standing there on the, at the stoplight with a cup. And, um, I just kind of waved at him. He smiled at me and I wasn't going to open the window or give him anything. he walked by again and turned around and he wasn't looking at me like, Hey man, give me something. But something in me was just like, "Yeah, I got a couple bucks. And I just opened the window and, and the dude comes up, he goes, Oh, thank you, man. I I know money's tight. Do you have any food in there? I don't, you know, and I'm like, no, dude, money's not that tight. Like, Here's, here's a couple bucks. And I, I don't know if he meant that to be like, um, as a way of saying like, Hey, uh, I'm not trying to cheat you. I'm not just trying to take your money so I can go buy drugs or booze with it or, or whatever, you know, like the common narrative that they might, you know, a homeless dude might feel like, Oh, people th- are thinking this about me. So I'm going to try to subvert that by saying like, I'm, I literally just want food. Um, whether that's sincere or, or not, uh, like what I found was that it didn't matter to me in that moment. I was like, dude, if you go buy booze with this, like, I don't, I don't begrudge you that, you know, not, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but being close to death, I feel like it makes you, it makes me more merciful. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you have bad habits. I have bad habits. Like we're all, this world is This mortal coil, like, you know, sometimes in my head, I think before I die, I want to get it all together. (laughs) You know, Uh, um, I don't want to have anything clinging to me anymore. All the debts and the resentments and the bad habits and the sins. I just want it like, I want to end it clean and then go off into heaven fresh and ready. But I think the real realistic version of it is like when you see death a lot, you're like, there's a... There's no getting everything in order. Like there's no putting everything back, the broken stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of what I liked about the end of that show was like, he was still a very broken dude, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And wasn't necessarily going to be like healed of all his afflictions, psychological, emotional, spiritual. But he had a confidence that there was a power that could and would put it all back together. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's not, it, it's, it toes the line. It's not a uh, complacency like, oh, we don't have to worry about it. God's going to forgive us all. It's a, lo- it's like a longing for that to happen and a, a recognition of our own helplessness to do it on our own. You know, that where liberation is um and it makes us more human to each other i think that's what that was the grace in that moment to me was like yeah man you're my brother and i got a couple bucks here you go um what's your name sort of thing nah man
2: yeah man metz you got anything dude we just dove right in we just we're into it um yeah, I've talked about this book, Lancelot, before um, by Walker Percy. Oh, yeah. It's the,
1: did you read that? Dude, it's Lancelot. Heck, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a <laughs> disturbing book. book. Yeah. <laughs> that book is similar. is like narrative form of true detective. It seriously gets... Well, uh, it's coming to mind because the character makes this great journey um, after... He's betrayed and deeply hurt to um to find a truly evil act so he like pursues he pursues darkness in a lot of ways and like kind of lets himself go in in a dark trajectory and i his idea behind it so i've so I've been told is that if he can find something that's that's actually evil truly evil then there then there must be something that's truly good and I don't know how that plays out logically. I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but but what ends up happening is I mean, he really does <laughs> the book just unravels and gets really insane and there's houses on fire and like everybody's dying and things like that. Um but in the end it's similar to to True Detective is um that essentially the darkness, the evil has a limit, like it doesn't have the final say, so that ultimately it's not um, a battle between, you know, like the Manichaean good versus evil dualistic understanding of good versus evil. But it's like even the evil that's at play, if you follow it all the way down, it's gonna, it has to have a limit, which JP two talks about as like, um, what is it, gift and mystery, maybe, or or memory and identity he talks about the, the book that he
0: wrote on his 50th anniversary. I don't know if that's what you're t- thinking about.
2: Yeah, no, I get, well, I'd have to remember the title, but he talks about, he describes mercy as the limits that God places on evil, that hmm. it's, it's not infinite. It's not ever expanding. It's not something that has freedom to be created by itself. And so God, it, he is the one who can, who can cage it and confine it. And so if you follow, if you follow evil, it has to stop at some point, and then there's this. Then there's a serious, deep, very clear ability to actually see the good because you're right there on the edge. You're on the precipice. You're on the on the very end of it. And I think that's what what makes me think of it with this true detective story. And honestly, you know, Rob, maybe this will make sense to you. I always think of the Haiti experience. Mm, um, sure. Was like this guy's. He he pursued the most evil person in this show. This guy's like totally messed up, totally disturbed. And at the end, it wasn't just like a defeat of evil. It was that there was something more than the darkness. It right. was like there was something that that almost allowed the darkness to it. It permitted it to exist but wasn't controlled by it necessarily, like wasn't dominated by it. Um, Yeah. Which is, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: and why that show was so important, of at least how we talked about it, was it really did change the way that I prayed. And I'm still a wimp when it comes to a lot of really high-pressure emotional situations or like very acute instances in life, like emotionally it's I'll get real fired up and um, just experience things very strongly interiorly. And and that comes with like fear and sadness and all those things. And so it can be a bit intimidating, but being able to stay, like you said, stay with people in those difficult situations has come from trusting that evil that the darkness doesn't have the last say that like the light and well, ultimately the Lord is the one who even cajoles the darkness and like even, even the evil. Um, it, it's not Lord. And so I can, I can stay with somebody in it because I know it has a limit because yeah. I know that the Lord is going to be there. So, so then I can, I can stay with people in that, which if I can just kind of keep talking here is um, it doesn't feel Pelagian because it's like, I'm not doing any, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything. I'm just, I'm just trying to be present with you. But, but I'm living in the reality. Like this is true, even though I can't see it now, which I think is, is actually a gift of hope. I think that's actually what, what hope is. And so like, I'm going to live now, like this thing that I can't see, but I think we're moving towards is true. And, and so even though I can't see the Lord's hand totally clearly, it does feel like darkness or does. I can't see anything. I am going to live in the reality. Like, like he's here with me, Um, which is, I mean, also like we talked about the communion and bringing communion to the homebound. I think that's one of the things that strikes me all the time about it. It's like, Wait, God actually is with me. It kind of like when I when I realize that Jesus is with me in my pocket, it makes me think of all those other times where I'm like, Wait, Jesus was also with me, even when I didn't have him. But it brings this reality that like the Lord is with us and is the Lord over all things always to mind. And so you have these absurd situations, you have these difficult situations, and the Eucharist just kind of makes that reality pop that uh that the lord actually is with us but i mean that's kind of mm-hmm. a tangent there when there
1: tangent, was only yeah, one love... set of footprints he was <laughs> carrying you
0: i love that mm-hmm. distinction thanks Bisk, for that um i love that distinction of like it's not this necessary like manichaean battle good versus evil but it's just rather the experience of like the good being bigger um in it yeah, I thought of uh it's I think it's the magician's nephew of the Narnia series like talking about when Aslan creates and oh yeah, like he chooses to allow the witch to live and but they say like but that'll like it'll create all of this evil in in the world and um I can't re- I mean I don't know the exact line but he pretty much talks about like what freedom is but then he promises that like the most suffering he himself will take on um, in it and it, I mean, talk about beautiful man. Um, it's just, I think it's Lewis kind of getting at that same thing that you were just talking about. That um,
2: yeah. Right. Dude. And that's why the, like the incarnation, the Paschal mystery is so insane right? because like that's all theory, that's all could be theological theory that we talked mm-hmm. about from a distance and say like, well, you could play out certain situations where this is true or at least people experience this to be true. But there's like the historical fact that when if you pursue evil, if you follow evil in like the course of history, the point that it leads to is we killed God, which is like the the darkest thing humanity has ever done. Um, And what do we find? Like when we follow that evil all the way down, we find God. Like there's, He actually takes the evil and limits it and then overcomes it and and so this it's not just a theory but he actually became flesh and did the thing that we're theorizing about so it's like it's not just an idea Mm -hmm. but historically if you track evil like god is 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 at the foundation um not of the evil but that's where he is
1: you know and one thing before our hard stop i know I just thought of was oh, that uh Matthew McConaughey had a crucifix like in his really stark apartment the one of the two things he had on his wall besides the eye-sized mirror was uh, a crucifix and he remember Woody Harrelson asked him so you're Christian and he's like no I I just use it as a meditation on assenting to your own crucifixion mm-hmm. like he he said he meditated on the garden and how Christ chose to be crucified and he meditates on what that's like and that's very much what what we're talking about is choosing to to s- pursue evil you know not obviously in choosing to do evil but like going after the darkness um not being confident certainly that, yeah, yeah right don't be afraid man hey man <laughs> good talk heavy stuff for an early morning
2: yep yep is, sorry i, I can keep going but i, I got to go. my day now
0: yeah, we i go got, to go. got to go got to go okay peace out all Girl, right Love good you guys Love peace. You, all right bro chai
2: three dogs north are juice sea and michael metz